these right here, so. Oh, we topped Whoa. it. Whoa, he cold topped it. Okay. Try to get up to the end. Okay, Oh, we shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync. Welcome to the Bogey Boys podcast. We're joined here by Kevin and Mark, and we've got a guest, Mr. Daniel Morris. Hey, how are we, brother? I'm all right, boys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for asking me on. No, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, currently employed by TaylorMade. Yeah, yeah. I've been with um, I've been with TaylorMade for it's coming up to six years now um, since started in 2015. So yeah, it's been. Um, it's been an unbelievable journey so far since I've been with the brand. You know, fast moving, fast paced, which which generally the golf industry is. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a great six years so far. And my job, what I do day to day, is is it changed quite a lot from from when I started in terms of you know custom fitting and and the options that we had um, for consumers back in 2015 to what it looks like now is. You know, it's tenfold. It's, it's so much different from from when we first started. Definitely. Yeah. First question. I've got to get it off my chest. What do you think of Mark having a tailor made? That song's just because you're on from Tailor Made. Well, I did. I did. I did see. Uh, I did see one of the the, the the clips on Instagram. With I think it might have been with with Baldwin or it might have been with Charlie Hall. I think he did have a tailor made hat on it in one of them videos. So no, I'd say no, I'd say no, it's no, not. I'm not just I'm not just saying it because you're here, but I love the brand. So you know, and and, and you want to send my way. I'm, I'm the one That's representing, good. not Kev. <laughs> yeah, brilliant stuff. No, it's it's great to get you on. And as I say, the whole point of all of our shows is is to provide insight and having somebody who who works with the, the one of the best brands in golf um, is 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 unbelievable. So just from your perspective, then obviously, just tell us what your role actually entails at the minute. Yeah, so my. my um... My role is a bit of a mouthful as a title that you see in the bottom of an email, but it's uh, Experiential Manager at Western Europe. So in, in layman's saying what that is, is, you know, I, I'll head up a team that looks after um, anything customer or consumer uh, based. So um, in terms of dealing with, with, with the public or dealing with the account, so custom fitting, training on the product, putting on events during the year for um for, for, for accounts, you know, we, we, last year we, we, we were able to do probably, I think off the top of my head, like 15, 16 events with, with the tour truck um, where we've been able to, to to have a custom fit session. You know, we used to call them demo days in, in years gone by, but we try yeah. and come away from that now because, you know, it's not a demo experience. You know, we want to we want to give the credibility of what it is and, and dial somebody in for, for the products and make sure that is a better performing product so that demo experience is just somebody coming up hitting a new driver for 10 shots and maybe saying to the pro yes or no we you know we, we give it a little bit more care and attention so that would be the you know the day-to-day role of it of, of leading the team um to to produce these fitting events to try and you know essentially help golfers get better performance out out of their um out of their clubs um, you know, mainly driven for, for amateur golfers. You know, at times we'll see, um, you know, some some pros who are trying to maybe on the on the on the lower tours from the European tour trying trying to get there, or you know, a, you know, some some top amateur golfers will see at the start of their journey. Um, but we'll have a we'll have a tour team as well who will um, 
you know, concentrate on the European tour and, and, and whatnot. So it's, you know, we'll work together. You know, we, we work, you know, we work closely with, with the tour department. It was only yesterday I was on a, I was on a meeting with, with one of the guys um, from the tour department, just seeing what they're seeing out on tour and, and seeing trends and they're fitting them, um, what they're finding to then maybe how that's going to influence how us in our fittings and, and how we get, get out to the field as well. So um, it's, as I say, since since when I started with the business, it's only gone bigger and bigger in terms of custom offerings and, you know, gone are the days of going into a pro shop and you've got a three to pitching wedge or three to sandwich sitting on your shelf, you know, and, and somebody buys that there and then because that was the only option, you know, there's still always going to be a market for somebody going into a shop and buying a standard set of products because the way we build the products now, there's a set of irons for all different levels of golfers and and whatnot so there's still going to be a level of that of people buying buying off the rack um but there's also going to be a a lot more of a level now than what it used to be in terms of buying a, a custom fitted driver or a custom fitted set of iron so we just want to make sure we've got enough um enough coverage for the golfer who wants to come in and, and buy off the rack and, and enough coverage of, of the golfer who wants to go in and buy uh, a custom same as if you're buying a suit you get somebody who goes in and buy off the rack with a suit and you'll get somebody who wants to get fitted for that and, and, and dialed in so, so there's no difference that's it do you know in your experience have you like when i first was coming up as soon as i got down to four or five i thought about getting custom fitted but now i don't know like you see all sorts of people going to get fitted have you noticed that the the standard for getting fitted is the golfer's actually less capable? Uh, no, no, absolutely. We'll get higher handicaps coming in. You know, I would, in all honesty, I would say the average handicap, what I would see during the year would be 16, would be the average. You know, I'll have somebody off plus two, but I'll have somebody who is entry level to golf and maybe hasn't got a handicap yet, um, who you know, wants to treat themselves to, to a set of golf clubs and instead of going in and paying you know, X, X amount of money to something that may not be right for them because they've never been in that um, situation with somebody to tell them whether it's going to be right or wrong. And, you know, who am I to tell them because of the level that they're at, they're not going to get better performance, which which they will. If you get somebody who is, uh, you know, new to golf and let's be honest, the, 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 the high percentage of amateur golfers of a certain handicap will deliver a club a certain way and, you know, a high percentage are going to hit a bit of a slice or a bit of a cut. You know, 20 years ago, you know, we didn't have the ability to do a draw bias driver and make it five degrees closed, maybe like what we do now. So absolutely we'll see a plus handicapper to a 36 handicapper. And, you know, what, what we'll do is, is try and make their golf better, make them hit more fairways, hold more putts, you know, chips, closer to, to the hole. That's that's essentially what it's about. It's trying to, to get, you know, somebody down on the handicap, get the scores lower. You know, there's, there's, there's no difference. I think that's why I was having this similar discussion with somebody recently. That's, I think that's why, you know, I really am going to be biased, but golf is the greatest sport in the world because... You don't find no argument for that, here. Yeah, no, we, you know, you, you, you can take Tiger Woods... In my opinion, the greatest player ever to play um, also, to play also, golf. Also agree with that. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you can take, you know, Bill Smith, who's eighty five years old, 
off a handicap of 24 and him and Tiger Woods can have a legitimate game a golf because there's the handicap system yeah you know there's no you know for me there's no other sport that you can you can take a, a level of golfer here to a level of golfer here and, and have a match no yeah, you know right. the, the, you know any age age of 10 up to up to 90 we, we had um we had a club team game um just before the would it be lockdown too? You get mixed up now. There's doing that many, but yeah, I think it would have been October. So we had a club team game against um, against the junior team. You know, and some of the juniors were age eight or nine, which was unbelievable. You know, to, to see to see uh, the level of some of them. You know, coming through. But you know, the age eight, thirty eight handicap. Let's say they're playing off a forward tee. The games were coming in like halved after eighteen. One up, two one. You no, know, they're close games. You know, there's, there's there's nothing. There's no other sport than that. You know, can do that. So yeah, certainly biased, and probably you two be be the same. But yeah, oh, we're, we're with you. We're with you with that. Hundred percent. Yeah. What's the difference between your your amateur off the street, regardless of the handicap, and what goes into their fitting compared to your your top tour professionals? Is there is there an element of difference in that? Um, a certainly time aspect will be will be one. Um, you know, my day-to-day role, if I go to, um, I know, Mike, you said you remember it, SNA. Yeah. You know, I'll go to I'll go to Southport and Ainsdale probably three times a year and, and do a, a fitting event for Jim there. And we'll do, well, it's generally a four-hour event, but Jim generally does a pretty good day. So they quickly turn into five or six-hour days because he'll, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he'll drum up some... Yeah, uh, he'll drum up some some interest but you know i'll get half an hour maybe 40 minutes to be able to fit somebody into a driver you know and there's there's an art to that which you have to learn very quickly you know fit fitting fitting any golfer is is like a story you've got a beginning a middle and an end the end point being um somebody wants better performance whether that's more distance or more fairways or a better looking product you know, everybody generally has has the same goal. If you're not going to get any of them, people aren't going to change probably what they they're gaming. So, you know, fitting an amateur golfer in 30 minutes, you have to quickly work out what they want, you know, and how we're going to get there. Now, if I see 10 golfers on a day, realistically, the 10 golfers are going to deliver the club 10 different ways. They're going to miss it. Some in the toe, some have the heel, some high on the face, some low. That's just the nature of the beast of, of an amateur golfer. Obviously, when you are going to a tour level fitting and fitting, you know, the, the, the best players in the world, obviously the, there's a little bit more time aspect, you know, that's going to be spent because they deliver the club consistently every single time. You know, if you look at the numbers, if they've hit 50 shots with a driver and you look at the trackman numbers or the quad numbers, the chances are the averages aren't going to be too much away from the top versus the bottom because it's just, you know, it's yeah. a repetitive swing. So in that in that sense, you know, I'm not going to say that the 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 fitting is easier because it's not because there's a different level of detail that, that goes into it. But at least you can try to dial in that player a little bit more consistently because you know what their misses are going to be. So if they they'll see a repetitive of maybe a golfer missing it consistently on the toe or consistently on the yeah. heel, which maybe bring the, the spin down if it's consistently at the toe or consistently bring the spin up if it's consistently out the heel. So you get to know what a player's misses at a tour level. 
you know, little things like um, getting the right lie angle right on somebody's driver at a tall level is, is key. Getting the right swing weight. You know, you could have a swing weight of D2 to D5 to D6, let's say, with the driver for three different golfers. But they'll have all different results if you give them three different swing weights. So yeah. if you go on our on our tour truck in European tour or the PJ tour in the US, we'll have, we'll have a, you know, a full information database of any of our staff players of what they like, you know, whether that's Martin Keimer having a driver, let's say it built a D five off the top of my head, something like that. So when he comes on to try the new SIM two product that will, you know, we will try and get him in. We'll build his specs to, to what he likes. Now, what he likes is going to be different to what the next golfer likes and the next golfer. So there's certainly difference in terms of the time aspect with, with the, um, you know, with, with, with the tour players. The thing as well, there's a little bit more pressure on because the stats that they have now in terms of strokes gained, you know, if they lose a couple of points on strokes gained with driving distance or accuracy, let's be honest, over a four round tournament, that could be worth, it could be the difference in getting them into top 50 in the world to make, to get them into the masters, you know, they're the finite details of, you know, what they're, what they're working with. So there's certainly a lot more ingredients in the pot at that tour level. Yeah. But there's, but there's no difference to what we do at an amateur level that the net result is, is, is the same, you know, we're still trying to get to, to the same goal. And, you know, what we have now, in terms of the ability to fit an amateur golfer, a, a, you know, a 28 handicapper amateur golfer, you know, the loft sleeve, different lofts on the head, different head, you know, we can dial in so much to be able to, to, to squeeze as much performance out of a, an amateur golfer as a, as a tour pro, even, even more, to be honest, because if, if a player moves into a new sim to sim two, we, you know, we're working to margins. We're trying to squeeze up, you know, more ball speed, you know, more fairways hit. I'll see an amateur golfer who's using a driver that is maybe five years old, but it's totally the wrong setup. He's using a nine degree driver when he needs a 12 degree or it's sitting three degrees open. It needs to be three degrees closed. I might say 15, 20 yards because they're using a product that's that's wrong for them. So you can certainly see the gains much more on an amateur golfer than maybe you'd see on a, on a tour level golfer. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. It's interesting to say that because we had we done an interview with with Chris Hansen, and one of his biggest yeah. regret one of his biggest regrets was um, he was playing around with different drivers. He wasn't he wasn't affiliated to a a brand, so he was trying all different ones with the reps. And he said that he never got the he never done enough testing. He never got the results that were required to justify that change. So he one of the pieces of advice that he gave on the show was. It makes sure that the ever you've got enough evidence to prove that that driver is going to improve your game if you're going to choose, if yeah. you're going to change. That, that, that that's why the launch monitors now are so key for professional golf or, or amateur golf. You know we're we're lucky at Taylor Major. You know all the team, you know that I'm with. We've all got TrackMan Four or GC Quad. You know we get armed with the best materials in the game to be able to to validate the performance that that we get out out of our products. You know, you've got to be able to to measure that to to see the improvement for, for the golfer. And you know, one thing I'll I pride myself on, and you know, and the team as well. You know, we're we're not salespeople. You know, we're we're not there to 
to sell a product to give somebody the hard sell. Obviously, I understand my role in the business. I'm there to try and, you know, create sales by the the experience that we give or the knowledge that we give or the performance that that the, the driver or the set of irons give. But yeah. I'm not going to stand there on the range and say to Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith, this is going 10 yards further or these are irons are absolutely perfect for you if they're not, because it's only going to come back on me and it's not going to make the game any better so that's why the, the you know the, the the launch monitors and what we can what we can offer is feedback and information to golfers now is absolutely golden you know you look at take it back to a tour level look what bryson's doing you know that's all driven by data yeah you, know, you see him in that that gym where he's working with um yeah i mean that that's just purely driven by by data and numbers, he's trying to squeeze as much club, as much ball speed out of himself and the products as he can to try and get that little bit more edge over the field. You know, that and you wouldn't ever be able to do that, you know, 20 years ago. I, I can remember it's mad now. This is probably going back to mid-90s. My brother had uh my brother had a little go at E10 Pro, a good amateur golfer in, in 90s, played county level. I think it was like plus one, plus two, something like that. Tried to have a go at the the entry level um, pro game, and I used to go up to the practice ground and, and practice with him. And what he used to do with his yardage, remember in school you used to have the meter to stick, yeah, yeah, with uh, with the wheel, yeah, yeah. So we did like ten nine nines, and then we'd walk with the meter stick yeah. up the practice ground yeah. to try and work out where the ball had carried. You know, you think you know that, that, was, probably really rev- you know, that was probably revolutionary technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he got a meter stick from. I don't know whether he got it from from school or something. But um, yeah, I mean that, that's you know there's the there's that um, whether you see it's got a funny video with Montgomery about uh, I think it's about five years ago he was at an open. I think it might have been at Troon, and he's he's saying in a press conference, you know, everyone's got these trackmans. He said this this is my trackman, and it's got a he's got a score saver in his hand. You know, that's that's what we used to do. We used to go into the pro shop, buy a stroke saver for you know for three quid, and that yeah. was it. You'd work out where your one fifty was and, and work it back. I can remember as a junior golfer, you'd look for the one fifty, no idea what it would be from pin, you know, at the back or in the center, and you just hit it. You know, now, you know, only talking personally, but I'm guessing you boys are the same. You go out and you've left your bushnell at home, you have an absolute shocker when you're, you're on the course. You're lost, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, what? it's you like know, leaving. That's... It's like leaving the driver in the in the in the in the house, isn't it? It's, it's part, oh, of, the, part it's of the horrific, ride. horrific. Yeah, um, I, 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 and that's you know that's a little bit there with it with launch monitor with a launch monitor like a you know like like your bushnell, you know that you've become to rely on that to make sure you squeeze as much performance out of your games as possible. It's like you were saying there that you're not a salesman. It's almost like there is no sale because unless the numbers say it, then you're not going to be changing to it, are you? Exactly, you? yeah. I mean, pe- people's, I, you know, I absolutely love love the brand and I would probably speak for, you know, I know a couple of the guys who work at, at Callaway and, and, and Titleist and, you know, they would say the same. When there's a new driver that gets brought out, you know, you'll you'll get the negative remarks on social media or another new driver coming out. You know, you don't see that when you there's a new iPhone comes out or there's a new version of a Q3 come out. You know, we have a thing where we say, 
we will only bring a new product to the market if we can beat what's prior there. And every year, the R&D team, they do it. They produce unbelievable products to better what was, you know, what, what's being, being replaced. Were you talking there about the about they won't bring a driver out until they've got uh, until they know it's going to make those improvements? So what actually goes into that? The devil in the details. Do, do players get a say in that, or does that literally leave it to the professionals and they will bring the new product to you, or do they consult with players to say what do you think can improve? Yeah, we'll have um, you know there's millions of dollars that goes into to the R and D to try and you know gain better performance, and, and we'll be working on products now, which is probably three, four generations down the line. That's how far we're working in advance. So it's the same three in production then now? I, 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 <laughs> no, no. I mean, what, what I would say is they'll be working. Listen, I'll know, I'll know whatever a new product would be the same time as you. Now, who knows when a new product come out? Could be 12 months, could be two years. Who, who knows when, when the next product could be out? But we'll only bring something out if it... The same two. And then put all this work and all this effort in. Like you say that the they'll be work, yeah, they'll be work, they'll be working on future yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll be working on future generations, absolutely. Yeah. And that whether that could be, you know, working on blueprints, you know, on you know, through digitally and, and, and looking at um different ways how they can produce it, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're always always trying to work out the same, no difference with any other brand in, in any in any industry, you know. If, if you take a Formula One car, next year's Formula One car, they're not working on now. You know, they've been working on that for a number of years because they want to make sure that when they bring something to the market, it's better. So it's, you know, it's going to take time. So you're always working, you yeah. know, a few generations da- da- down the line to make sure you bring something to the market. There's not that much supply and demand for F1 cars out there, though, is there, compared to the car? Well, yeah, <laughs> a bit more expensive an F1 car, definitely. So yeah, so you're saying there the players, the players then get a say in that, do they? As 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 the as the making the new product and things. Yeah, sorry, yeah, we with them. yeah we'll have a we'll have a kind of a working group. So from R and D to um, you know in Carlsbad at, at the Kingdom, there'll be some uh, some elite players in there who get get to see. But yeah, they'll take feedback from Tiger. You know, one what one feedback from Tiger this year was that he wanted the, the the paint line to be a little bit squarer and visually looking better. And I don't know whether some of that snippets have been released as marketing yet, but when he gets shown the driver the first time, he, he says, yeah, that, that paint line is so much better for, for me when I look down, you know, Tiger Woods ain't going to change into something unless it's better. Yeah. You know, he, he's not, um, you know, all, all, all the players, to be honest, or, or, you know, all the players, will um will be like that they're only going to change if it's better you know tiger for example he he loved the m5 three wood he had the titanium three wood didn't want to change that and the tour team changed him i think it was the week before the masters in november got him into the sim titanium three wood obviously now we're at we're at sim two titanium three wood so whether or not we'll get him into that it might be that he looks the look of it i think he likes it a slightly smaller head so the sim two titanium model is a little bit smaller than than the prior model in, in the sim so there's a good chance we're going to get him because it's going to suit his eye it's going to match up to the performance that, that he wants so yeah it doesn't matter whether um you know it's tiger woods or you know as i say making it relevant to it to an amateur golfer if it's not better you know the ink they, they ain't going to change absolutely not that's it do you know as well just moving away from heads a second so you yeah know, uh, 
driving off the shelf and it's got an X, X shaft in, and then you go and get, do you deal with any of the shaft fitting and stuff like that? As yeah. Well? yeah, 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 yeah. We'll carry, um, I don't know what, we've got 40, maybe 40 shafts in, in the um, in the demo kit this year. We, we've actually just, in, in Europe, we've actually just done a deal with, um, sounds a bit naughty, we have a, an exotic shaft programme, <laughs> which is, uh, which we've worked with the US on where... Sign me up. Yeah, it's got, you know, I was part of a group that we helped choose which ones were going to come to the market for Europe. And the only shaft that, you know, people have consistently asked me for over the years that, have you got this? Oh, I like the look of this one. And you boys will probably know it is, is the Tor AD graphic, graphite design. Yeah. You know, the orange shaft Tiger put in play and he made it unbelievably famous. You know, Jordan Speed sat it in. Um, He's had it in that hybrid, or his, his, his iron, he's had it in a three wood. You know, it's it's visually very noticeable on, on the PGA Tour, and it's an unbelievable shaft. Gives somebody that higher launch, lower spin, you know, and that's the golden nugget to, to, for, for distance. And I consistently get asked for that, and that's something that's been in the kit since when I started in 2015, and it's still absolutely flying now, and it's not going to leave because you'll see trends with shafts you know some come in and some leave and then there's a new generation and whatnot that graphite design has been stable right the way through the only one i would say since last year which is consistently people have asked me is the new um fuji ventus but the velicor that 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 shaft's gone absolutely berserk on on globally on on the tours um, and that's the one consistently people have been asking me for. So we've been able to access that for the first time this year in Europe. So, um, you know, it's expensive, you know, what it is that the way it's produced, it's going to take a little bit more time for us to get it in Europe because it's going to become direct from, from the US. But yeah, that's going to give the golfer, if they want it, the exact same shaft that Dustin Johnson's got in play, or I think Justin Thomas has been used it the last couple of weeks. Rory's put it in the last couple of weeks as well. It's just gone absolutely, it's gone absolutely mad. Um, so yeah, the shit, you know, the shaft is, you know, part of the, you know, fun part of the job because, you know, it's cool to learn what different profiles year in, year out doing. And, you know, knowledge is, you know, knowledge is golden in, in, in what we do. If we can talk, you know, what shaft profile does what. You know, and we can relate that to, to the amateur golfer and see the performance, what they get by maybe changing a different shaft with a different head. You know, that's, the, that's, that's the outcome is what I wanted to ask you because I've I've just bought one of them tour ADs. Funnily, funnily you should yeah. mention that. But you, if you see them on e, even second hand on eBay, you see them they're going for four three fifty four hundred quid. I'm 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 off one, so I've only just sort of made that jump. And the, my coach was like, you know what? I can tell you're serious at golf because you've just bought that shaft. You've made a, a big investment. So as far as you're concerned, money versus performance, is it worth the amateur go- the average golfer buying a four, 500 quid shaft? That, that, that graphite design one is a little bit different. Is it the orange one you've got? The, the orange one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The reason why that shaft is, is, is really popular, one, the graphics, Tiger used it, looks great. Number one, that's that's why it's you know it, it's it's popular. But two, in terms of performance, what that does is a little different to most of the other shafts that you can get it commercially at retail. That maybe I would carry on a, on a typical fitting event because what it, it's produce it will try and get a little bit more dynamic loft on the on, on the golf club to produce a little bit of a more higher launch, but control the spin. You know that is the golden nugget. That's how 
somebody who's going to get more distance. Now, obviously, the, the golf swing has a huge implication on how performance of um, a golfer is going to be. So without going too technical, let's say we've got golfer A swings a golf club at 100 miles an hour and delivers the driver at an attack angle of four degrees on the up, launches it at eight, 17 degrees and spins it at 1900 that's going to go like an absolute rocket and they are going to maximize distance. If you have a golfer swings at hundred miles an hour and delivers the club four degrees negative. So four degrees down of an attack angle, it's going to launch it lower. It's going to spin it higher. And there's not going to be as much energy transfer into that golf ball as golfer A. So there's probably realistically going to be without doing the sum and looking at maybe 30 yards difference, 25 yards difference. If somebody's four degrees up to four degrees down, it's a huge difference. Now, where that shaft comes in, it can help all golfers you know, be able to produce that higher launch, lower spin. And that's, you know, in terms of physics, that's how we are going to achieve a little bit more distance of the golf ball. The, 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 the way golf clubs are produced are totally different to, to what, you know, what they used to be. So taking back to, you know, your two junior days, what, what would be the driver that sticks out in your head? What did you use? I would say, give you an I idea. I would give you nine seven five D. Yeah, yeah. Remember the nine seven five D. Yeah. So uh-huh. coming to kind of you know towards the the end of the nineties, you know ninety. Yeah, probably a little bit early ninety six ninety seven. You know, I think Tiger had one in play. You know, when you look at the PGA or the global tour, most people will play in one of them. Now, generally, what you were seeing was low lofted. Golf, golf drivers back then, you know, you, you wouldn't go amiss of seeing somebody at your golf club playing a six and a half degree driver. Yeah. You know, if it was one of them, because of the way they were constructed in terms of the CG location in, in, in the driver, what, what golf balls used to tend to do, they used to start low off the tee, reach a bit of a peak height, and then they drop. So what that would be, you know, starting off low, but there's a lot of spin in terms of the drag to get the ball up in the air, and you're not getting much much rollout because the spin was obviously so high. Obviously, golf balls were different then, so they're going to spin a little bit more as well. Where now, if you think something like we brought out in 20, 2013, 2014, SLDR, and the whole yeah. campaign with SLDR was loft up, give yourself more loft to generate um, more distance. Because of the way that that head was constructed, was low forward CG of, of of the, the driver. So all the weight was shunted towards towards the front and low in, in the in the product. So if you had a lower lofted driver in one of them, depending on your, your angle of attack, you'd struggle to get it up in the air. So you needed more loft. So you know, going back, people were going into a 12-degree driver when they were usually a 10.5 degree golfer, if you like. Yeah. Because the 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 way that that head was constructed, it was such a lower spinning head, they needed the ball up in the air quicker because it was going to come off with so much lower spin. So in terms of the, the way that the driver manufacturers have gone is, is, isn't, you know, it's complete, it's completely changed, yeah. you know, from, from even in well, from towards the end of the nineties. So that, that nine, seven, five D is a perfect example of how that was constructed then to what a driver's constructed now is, is, is totally different. Interesting. Just going back a bit, a touch on the uh, on the shafts there. Um, do you know much about the Autoflex? Yeah, I, I ha- yeah, I haven't, I haven't hit it yet. 
yeah, the pink, the bright pink one. The bright pink one, yeah. So the, uh, I was I was having a practice round with one of the professionals at the golf club, and he let me have a go with that. And I always struggle off the tee, don't I, Kev? And yeah. I, I ping this, and it obviously it gets popular because of the flex in it, but it's an extra stiff. And I had it in a sim, yeah. and it went so far. And I was like, right. And then we're talking about cash and how much it costs for the driver. Like that shaft was like eight hundred pounds. So I was thinking, I want it, but I'm not paying a thousand pounds for the driver. Is it worth it? Would you say? To be honest, with the autoflex, I haven't hit it, and I haven't had somebody in front of me to see what the difference in, yeah. in performance would be. So it'd be unfair for me to say yes or no to that. Um, one of the guys who, who looks after the tour players in the US, he was spending some time with a, a, an ex an ex major winner a couple of weeks ago at uh, at the Kingdom, and this golfer turned up with a, with a autoflex bright pink shaft in his driver and. Chris, the lad who, who know works out in the PJ Tour, he was saying, you know, what, you know, what, what, why have you got this? Or oh, been testing it, and I, I think at the end, I think he got it whipped out and said, no, that's not what you need. Let's let's look at something else because you know, and all that auto flex is being driven by is people trying to squeeze out as much performance out of out of a driver as possible to to, to gain leverage on distance first versus the field. Yeah. You know, that just shows everybody at all levels are trying to squeeze as much out that you you know. Like the idea of that shaft, you know, whether it's whatever it is, eight hundred dollars, and you're thinking, is that going to be the one that's going to, you know, if you're asking me, do I think it's going to give you eight hundred pounds worth of performance? I don't even probably mean just, not. I don't even mean just the autoflex. I mean, you know, just the upgraded shafts that you're paying three, four hundred quid for, like versus your off the rack ones. If you if you fit it up right for your driver, do you think they bring more ben- a, bit, a bit of better benefit to the uh, to your average golfer? Yeah, I, I think, sorry, I, I kind of got lost a little bit in the last question right. when we were talking about the graphite design one. That's kind of what you, you, you were touched on. That one, yes, a, a golfer is going to, even an amateur golfer is going to see an improvement in performance by moving into that shaft because it's, it's you know, it's quite particular on, on how yeah. it's made. If, let's give you an example of uh, John Smith, who's been popular in this podcast so far, as I've used his name a few times. Yeah. If if John Smith comes to me on a fitting event and he's off a handicap of 18 and we fit him in the Ventus Blue, mid-launch, mid-spinning characteristics, um, and fit him in, the performance is great. That's the one for him. And then he says to me, or you do that, you do this Ventus Blue in the Bellacore version, don't you? It's £240 more. Have you got that one? I, I think what you're asking me, am I going to see a difference in performance for yeah. him? Realistically, no, I, I don't think we are. I think having that shaft, what we've got, the commercial shaft, is absolutely fine because they've come on leaps and bounds of, of yeah. where they used to. Again, you know, when I first started we i think the first driver that i worked with was r15 and aero burner so in the r15 from memory it was a speed of 57 which was made exclusively and built for tailor made and i think in the aero burner in the driver pop my memory test now i think in the driver in the fairway it was i think we called it a reax which was a, a tailor made made shaft yeah. to, to go out to the market you know and, and we've seen a trend that the golfer doesn't want that basic standard shaft you know the amateur golfer wants what the tour players are using so when we launched 
M1 is when we really started to see the influx of custom shaft offerings and that's just gone bigger and bigger and bigger. So, um, you know, you buying a, a, a driver now in the last five years versus 10 years, just a standard, I hate the word standard shaft because it, I think it devalues it a little bit as a standard shaft. I always say like a key, key shaft offering, you know, they're so much better than, than what they, they used to be. It was, it's not a tailor-made made shaft with the graphics on. If you take this year in our Sim 2 products, we've got a Tensei Blue, um, which is uh, Mitsubishi. We've got a, a Kuro Cargo. We've got a Fujikura Air Speeder. They're not made by TaylorMade. They are made from the manufacturers and we will buy them di- direct from them. We'll have these you know, additional ones like the, the, the Velocore. And, and the difference with the Velocore is it's, it's the, the technology inside. Now, if you make that relevant to a, you know, Dustin Johnson, he's going to deliver the club consistently in a certain way. So in terms of performance, it's going to feel a little bit better for him because it's probably got a little bit more graphite in it, the way it's made. Um, and the Velocore is it's like a little dusted inside, which is which is to get the face a little bit more consistent at impact to make sure that's delivered consistently. So it's, you know, it's going to feel a little bit better, a little bit smoother, but, you know, Bill Smith or John Smith, you know, isn't <laughs> going to see that much difference it's more getting him dialed in for the right head the right loft the right shaft you know that's that's gonna have a more implication so them shafts that you're getting from taylor may when it says made by taylor may they're just literally graphite shafts made with like the graphics of a tennis eye or a project x on it no not not now no, no we, we used to be sorry yeah we'll work what we, we would work with a manufacturer so say it was aldila we yeah. would work with aldila and that you get one shaft and it will be painted with Aldila with tailor-made graphics on, and it might say by Aldila yeah, underneath. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, now you know we were doing a buy-in for for the year for for the um, for the demo kits for Europe, and we had to put a, a big order in, and it's gone direct to to each individual uh, manufacturer for you know whether what we ordered you know 150 times 12 you know let, let, let's say for for all the demo kits. So yeah, I mean. We've, you know, we've kind of reacted to that because the golfer certainly wants that. All levels of golfer, you know, they want to try, you know, I'll get, you know, 25 handicapper who wants to try three or four different shafts. That's part of the experience. You know, they want to see a different performance. They want to see what the bright red shaft does to the lilac coloured shaft to the pit, you know. Yeah. That's that's what they're, I'm there to give them an experience, but try and get better performance. There was an analogy used recently on, on a call. It's, you know, we've got to scratch their rich. They want to see a little bit like what you said there, Mark, about the um, the autoflex. You know, you've got to scratch that itch to see what the performance gains. You know, you're interested. Yeah. You know, well, why, why, why is that bright pink shaft five hundred pound more? You know, what that's going to give me. You know, and that's that's the same with all golfers. They want to see what different shafts can do to, can do for their game. You know, you see a head and, a, and a, on the tour van, it's like a tour issue compared to if I go and buy a Sim 2 now from Clubhouse Golf or you get a tour issue one off the van. What is, what's the difference? That, uh, it's as though I've asked you that question to ask me because the answer will be great for it, and, any listeners because it used to be, yeah, oh, you've got a whole tour head. Can I buy that tour head? There's absolutely no difference right. what, what I get to what you'll get to what the tour level guys get. You know, there's, what you're there's about golf is what Target or DJ be using. One one hundred percent. Now, when we launched, when we launched, oh, M five, M six, um, 
we had um, something called the speed injection ports on the face where we, we would inject a resin um, into, into the head. So the, the main difference with the tour heads kind of taking it back slightly would be we would know what we would cherry pick, you know, we would know maybe what the quicker heads are, you know, coming off um, and getting them on the um, on, on the tour truck. But the, the way we produce them now, there's no difference. There's no cherry picking now that, you know, they all come off the same line because basically what the speed injection does, we would make, we would make every, every head illegal. We would, we would produce it past its legal limits. Now, obviously we can't risk getting it an illegal driver in the marketplace because the absolute shit show that that would cause, you know, whether that's on a PJ tour, European tour, or you have illegal drivers in the marketplace, it's an absolute headache because the RNA would be involved, the USGA would be involved and everything would have to go back to the factory. So we can't risk getting an illegal driver out in the market, but we, the way we produce them, we produce them at an illegal level and it's first reduction. Nice. So what that means, it comes off the face quicker than what would be allowed of, of the, the COR. So the COR limit is 0.83. So you get it past that 0.83, but on M5, M6, what we used to do is we, we'd insert like a, we call it a tuning resin into the face on the port. And what that would do is essentially calm the CT, which is the characteristic time, which is the, the spring, if you like, the, the trampoline off, off the face. We would slow that down to dial it into the absolute limit of, of 0.83. So that's why we know, you know, if you, as you say, if you order something off Clubhouse or... American Golf or Scottsdale, wherever it may be, it's going to be consistently the same speed coming off that line, the same way it's going to be the same on the on the tour truck. So we've still got the speed injection ports this year on the products. We, we've been able to get the two of them off the face and get one into the toe because the way we produce, we mill the face now, we can, we can dial that in on the heel, but it's a little bit tricky to do it on the toe, being a bigger area and the way it's produced to, to, to the golf ball at impact. So we just can't, we just slow it down in the toe to make sure it's it's at that level. The only, you know, to answer your question that, you know, what's different to a tour head? And if you look at, I don't know whether you, you know, you follow Trotty Golf yeah. on, on Instagram. Yeah. If, you look at any, if you look at any of his videos that he posts, you'll see the stickers on on the tour heads when they, they, they come out the draw. One of our lads in Europe, Sam Day, he's he's really good on some of the content that, that you see on the European tour. So they're not knowing what which one's quicker for versus retail. So they're going to be exactly the same. But what we will do, we'll have a look, we'll work to the tolerances on the loft on the head. So let's say we take a 10.5 SIM2 driver and we'll measure the head and that might measure it 10.2, one of them. And then we'll take another one and it might measure it 10.6. Because on the notes that we've got for the players, we will know that, I'll use Martin Cameron as an example, again, he might like a 10.5 head, but it measures slightly lower, 10.2. Yeah. So then when they're looking in the drawers, when they're fitting Kymer, Tommy Fleetwood, whoever it may be on the tour, they'll know how to, which head is going to be best to dial that individual goal for him. So that would be, you know, that's that's the only difference really that the in terms of the intricacies of it, you know exactly... To, to, to the point which one um which one measures what in terms of loft and lie as well because the you know the getting the lie angle right for the tour players is is one of the most important things in in terms of getting that performance out of them no, no, no. Yeah.
we talking there about performance and each time we're talking about this, we're talking about trying to get that extra bit of distance, but obviously major spanner in the works with the, the USGA and the RNA where they're trying to bring that distance back. Uh, obviously, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the professionals have been very vocal about it. Rory's being vocal. Um, Webb Simpson's talking about changing the course designs, making more dog legs. Uh, you've got JT who's, who's backing up and protecting the manufacturers because like he says, a lot of money is going into this and they're already working on things two, three years in advance. So um, what's the what's the tailor-made um, position on this whole bringing the distance back and, and what, what's going to be happening moving forward? I think Rory, me, me, me personally, I think Rory in his, his statements hit the absolute nail on the head. You know, um, and any of you, your listeners who, who haven't seen that, I'd, I'd tell them to reach out and, you know, somebody from a standpoint of power in his position in the game of, you know, a, a leader in his, in his craft, you know, when somebody like Rory talks, people listen. Yeah. I think he's hit the absolute nail on the head as uh, how he talks about it. I mean, for, from a standpoint, you know, we, we made a global statement on it a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. And, you know, what we stand for as a brand is, is to make a golfer better. Um, you know, I think, the RNA and the USGA, the way they're looking at it, is, as Rory put it, is a real small, fine out window, you know, making it relative to Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. De- DeChambeau, you know, with a. 1% or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, Bry- Bryson's turned around and he's t- he's thanked them for the compliments, hasn't he? <laughs> Typical yeah, Bryson it, style. It, it, for, for me, it, it just. You're not going to get any difference. What what are they protecting? Because it, it it doesn't matter if if somebody wins if if Rory McIlroy wins the U.S. Open at twenty under, yeah, and the second place is nineteen and third place is seventeen under. They're all playing the same course, you know. It's competitive still, if, isn't it? If, yeah. If you if you if you draw the driver back or draw the ball back to take distance off it. Potentially, the, the strokes may drop a little bit because they're going in with a 7-9 versus 9-9 or a 5-9 versus 7-9. But what's going to happen? Who's going in with a 7-9 instead of a 5-9? It's Rory, it's DJ, it's it's Kepka, it's DeChambeau. They're still going to be the longest hitters and going in with the shortest irons and still going to be coming out on top. And who, so wants to, net- who, wants to, who wants to see the ball in the middle of the green every time? You want to see them pins getting attacked and there's no better way to see that than going in with the wedges yeah. and, and the scoring clubs. Yeah, if you give an amateur golfer, you know, a golf ball that doesn't go as far or, a, you know, a driver which is going to make them go in with a three-wood instead of a four-hybrid. You know, we all talk about growing the game and getting more people into into golf and unbelievably what a global pandemic has done is got more people into golf. Yeah. You know, we are as a, as a golf fan, golf industry, we are absolutely riding a wave. And at the moment, let's hope this, this, this wave continues because it's only, you know, only exceptional for for the, for the game of golf. You know, I'm sure you boys are the, the same, you know, people you went to school or college with or, who didn't play golf, who've never shown an interest in golf, you're getting the odd text saying, oh, who shall I go and see for lessons? Or yeah. can you get me some clubs? What shall I get? You know, I've had that for the last, you know, nine, 10 months or however long this has been going on for. So why do they want to risk that and make it harder and get people, you know, I, I've got, a, you know, one of my closest mates, he started playing about three, four years ago. And it's, it's a bit, um, 
in, in kind of my close close group of friends, yeah, we've all played golf since since a young age. I've got Paul Waring, who's a you know European tour winner, two lads are PGA pros. You know, we've all grown up in you know playing golf and live and breathing it. And one of our close mates started playing golf about um, five years ago, something like that, and um, he loves it. But he's, you know, it's hard, isn't it? You know, it's, if, yeah. you, if you're a grown adult taking up the game, it's hard. It's like us starting left-handed. I'm, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm making your way back down again. So he's got to a handicap. Um, he'll hate that I'm talking about him. John, his name is he'll hate that I'm talking about him. <laughs> Especially if he's playing against the European Tour, bro. It's not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he, you know, he, he, you know, he loves, you know, he, he wants, he got himself a new set of seven nineties back end of last year. I've got some wedges on order for him and he, he loves it. He wants to get better. And he, I think in the new handicap system, he's got down to like 18, something like that. But let's just say he, he's hitting it gone from 260 to 230. And he, you know, he's now going to go in with a three wood instead of a five and or whatever it may be. He hates it anyway because he can't get any better. He <laughs> yeah. loves it because the game's you know, hard enough. The game's hard enough. Yeah. It's kneecapping yeah. everyone, and it? it's not just kneecapping yeah. the longer hitters, it's kneecapping yeah. it's taking 30 yards off everyone. And who wants that? I, 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 me personally, I, I, I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll happen, me yeah. personally, because I haven't heard one person other than the RNA or the USGA say, well, I, I think they haven't said it's going to happen. They're just exploring yeah. it, aren't they? I think is. Well, I think one of the, one of the, yeah. one of the, one of the points that they made was about changing. They have a specific club for an amateur and a specific club for a professional. But one thing me and Kevin spoke about on that situation is then what about if you've got these elite amateurs who want to play in a professional, who qualify for a professional tournament? They've got to completely change the club within a week. Yeah. And this is a big opportunity for them. Same way when an amateur qualifies yeah. for the opener. What about when they make that transition into the professional game? It's tough enough for the ones on the mini tours financially and trying to break through and step up that ladder. Yeah. And then they've got to change the clubs. You just, uh, for me, yeah, it's, it's a non-starter. And you can take any sport at any level at any age. What, what If somebody takes an interest in that sport and they invest in it, what do they want to do? They want to, they want to wear or play or use what the heroes or their icons that, that they follow. That's, you know, what are you going to do? Nike are going to produce a different level of um, clothing, to what Rory makes, you know, to be fair, they do it in the football. If you look at that, you know, whether you're reds or blues, but you look at that Liverpool kit, you've got a, you've got one jersey, haven't you, which is the slightly cheaper option. And then they do that night vapor version, but yeah. the kids want to wear what, you know, they want to wear what the players wear. You know, that's parents are fuming over it. <laughs> yeah. But that's, well, you know, that's, that's what it is, isn't it? I honestly believe that these governing bodies, when they're changing rules and they're making all this stuff up, they're just, so then they're actually got a purpose. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what Rory alluded to, wasn't it? I think it's uh, they're making unnecessary noise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's some there's some bit in them new rules, isn't there? The last couple of years, which have been, you know, you know, good for the game in terms of this new handicap system. I'm guessing you've probably done a podcast on that. Oh um, yeah, we did. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so there's aspects of that which you know I understand. You know, you can go to anywhere in the world and you're all playing off the, the same level playing field but you know there's little things when they add the options to, to change some of the rules you know things like some you know again 
Bill Smith, John Smith, will use him in an example as well. He's hit a 220 down the middle of the fairway, best drive of the day, and he's in the middle of a, a divot. Or Dustin Johnson, it's a 330 down the 13th at Augusta. He's in a divot. He can't do anything about it. You're being penalised or something. They had a perfect opportunity there to just tweak a rule that you can take a, you know, a preferred life from a divot because you're being penalised for, for, a, for a great job. But they left it alone and, you know, made some okay. other crazy rules. You look at Patrick Reed. If the ball's embedded, you get a free drop. Is a divot not embedded? You're below the ground, aren't you? So it's not. It's the exact same thing. There's no difference. Yeah, no difference whatsoever. No I totally difference, agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as to say, I don't think my gut feeling is I don't think that's gonna come to come to fruition. I think I haven't heard any manufacturer, tour player, amateur golfer, podcast, Instagram. YouTuber who's saying any positive thing about it. So, you know, when something's like that, there's... they need to leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, so, we've had a big talk on drivers there. I've got a few questions on wedges. What I want to know yeah. is what's the most common wedge setup on tour as in terms of loft? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say there's 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 a there's a common setup as such, really, to be honest. You know, you, you take take Tiger, for example, he's got the only he, he's got he's got his pitching wedge, which his his lofts on his irons are, are you would say weaker compared to the rest of the field because just wants to hit a number and hits a shot. So his three wedge setup is a is is his pitching wedge in his set, and then he has we do version we do a fifty six and a sixty because if he wants to hit a knockdown shot, he'll do it with his wedge. You know he is you know he's he's in, yeah. you know he's the he's the best of that, isn't he? So. So he's, you know, you got one end of the spectrum with him and a setup, and then you've got some other players like I think DJ. Yeah, you know, we, we we've done so well with the high toe wedges, and we've got a new high toe, which which is uh, I think we've just launched it. Yeah, I think we are post embargo that come out last last week, so we've got a new high toe with it with a raw face. You know, that's made its way into so many tour players' bags over the last couple of years. I, I, there was a there was a quote. When the first edition high toe came out, and in, in our, he's moved over to the states now. He's working on the PJ tour. A guy heads up um, our European tour. A South African guy called Adrian Reifelt. Unbelievable wealth of knowledge, and he said when he showed Justin Rose the high toe for the first time, the first words he said, he goes, "This is going to help me win the Masters because of what we can we can do with this wedge." We did produce it in a 64 and the new model will be doing a 62. So what you'll find is on certain weeks, they'll change the wedge setup. You know, with the Masters, they'll probably put something like a 62 in or certainly 60s because if you look at the undulations and the runoffs on some of the greens at Augusta, you know, that they've got to get as much loft to the golf ball, but get as much control and as much spin as quickly as possible to try and hold, you know, the the the, the saver put. So, um I wouldn't say, even week to week you'll you'll get difference with with wedges. Um, you know, if you go to say the open this year, Rawson George's, um, our European tour guy, so Sam Day, he's he's really good. He spends a lot of time on on grinding the wedges. So he will spend a lot of the time grinding uh grinding wedges out to take the bounce off because obviously playing at a length course, you're not you're not gonna need as much bounce as say a course set on the west coast of the US or somewhere in like Hawaii where where you're playing off totally different grass. 
Um, so yeah, I would say it, it, there's no specific usual setup of you know 50, 54, 58, 52, 60, 60. E- each play will be different, and each play could be different from one week to another depending on where they play, whether it's a you know a Lynx Green or a Bermuda Grass or some of the grass on, on, on the West Coast because it will be totally different the way the ball springs up, the way it sits on the grass. So, you, so yeah, to answer your question, there's, there's, yeah. there's no really a, a stock setup. And I seen him the other day, Faldo was taking the piss out of Jason Day because he changes wedges every two weeks. And I was thinking, they probably change, that's probably quite long, is it? Like, how, when do they change the wedges for, like, for sharpness? Again, each play is pretty different. It's yeah. interesting that you say that about, about Jason Day. I mean, to be fair, Jason Day is probably the best short game pitcher in, in the game. So I probably wouldn't be the one to kind of Faldo at taking the mick out of because, you know, he's unbelievable with his, with his short game. I think game. there was more jealousy because so, he like, he's changing his wedges every two weeks. Faldo probably had the same set for yeah, the season, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. I, to, 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 to be honest, I... I I might have got this wrong. I always thought Jason Day was one of the longer ones, which which doesn't change his wedges. I think Rory changes it up maybe every six weeks, I think, or every six tournaments. You know, if they go to Augusta, they'll probably have fresh wedges put in. Yes. Um, that That's one thing that gets overlooked for an amateur golfer, I would say, you know, at any level of not changing their wedges enough. Um, you know, and that's where, you know... Uh, a head pro or a, or a or a custom fit that they go and see, they can see the performance difference with the wedges from you know. Let's say they've got a take from a, one of our wedges, an RSI TP wedge from 2015, 2016. You know, and they'll hit some pitches or you know some flop shots, and you look at the numbers on the trackman or the quad, and you give them a brand new wedge with fresh grooves. Our wedges now they're all raw faces, you know, so you're going to see a difference in the spin because of how much they're going to grab on, onto the golf ball. Yeah. The, the best analogy I would give an amateur golfer who maybe doesn't think they're going to get better performance by new wedges is, is a tyre on your car. You know, you're not going to get as much grip on control if you've been driving around the same tyres for four years with, with put on a brand new set of Bridgestones on, on your car. You're going to get more grit. You're going to get more control. There's no different with, with wedges. That, I would say that's one... That's one thing which is massively overlooked for, for the amateur golfer. Yeah, definitely. And then the putters as well. Obviously, we've seen, I um, don't know if you can comment on this, but the two ball have just literally used the spider and just put two balls on top of it, haven't they? The team. Yeah, yeah. A bit, of a bit of a copycat move. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I always take that as a as a positive when you see a, a, a another manufacturer, you know, seeing similar products to, to what to what you've had and you know it goes the, the other way you know we've done incredibly well with that high toe wedge but you know Callaway brought it the PM grind you know they brought it to market a little bit before us and we, but we put our own spin on it so you know it, it works both both ways yeah um obviously they're trying to get you know John Rahm's one of the best putters in the world yeah. um I know the first week out when he flipped to Callaway he still had his spider x in play and to be fair he's They've got him into into their own putter quite quite quickly. Um, I would say, in terms of the putter, you know, you see a trend of putters, you know, over the years of how it's changed. I mean, I'll put it to you two. What 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 putters have you got in play? I've got a Scotty Cameron. Me, I've had it since I was about what? I reckon I've had that since two thousand and nine, two thousand eight. Same which, putter. Which Scotty have you got in? Which the which Newport one? What, two. What model? Newport two. 
you know, classic. Yeah. So the, yeah. the classic, that would be your, your ping answer, you know, your classic, yeah. you know, we'll do a version in it called a Soto or a Santa Fe or a, like a Santa Fe style neck, which is, um, which is the, yeah, that's the Soto. The Juno is, is our version of, of that. What about you, Kev? What puts of you? I've got an Odyssey White Hot 7 with the like the fangs. So that's the fangs, isn't it? Yeah. So you can see, I mean, Mark, you've had, you've had that in for a while. That would be your traditional putter, probably when we, we all started to play golf. That's what you tended to see, wasn't it? Yeah. If you look just... at that PGA Tour now, it's rare, or it's getting rarer, that you will see that typical typical blade, Newport, ping answer yeah. style, Juno-style putter. You know, everybody is moving towards a little bit more um, forgiveness, more stability, more mallet, because you can... You can quantify on a on a launch monitor the difference and what that's that's going to give you. Uh, there, there's a there's a there's a real easy way to kind of look at the stability of a of a mallet or a spider base putter. And you, the next time you two play golf together, hopefully that's sooner rather than later on on the next announcement. But if you Fingers crossed. yeah, if if you take um, if you hold your putter up, and obviously you'll have a toe hang a little bit yeah. more on, on yours, Mark, where if yours is a single bend, Kev, I'm guessing yours will be a face balance putter. Depending on what neck you've got on it, you might have a little bit of a toe hang. So what you'll find with a with a with a mallet style putter, obviously there's the way it's the way it's made, it's it's a little bit more back weighted for a little bit more stability. So if you take your putter, Mark, and you'll you'll let it dangle and you'll have a little bit a little bit more toe yeah. hang on yours. If you, if you, if I say that's the putter face, if you, it's hard for your listeners to, to, to hear this, I explain <laughs> you can watch it, it as well. <laughs> if, 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 if you tap the middle of, of your putter face mark, it's not going to twist or move as much, right? Yeah. If you do it right on the toe and right on the heel, you do a little tap, you'll see it's going to, it's going to move, you know, because naturally, because where the CG location is on that putter. Now you don't miss it out the toe and you don't miss it out the heel that much, but you'll miss it slightly off center towards the toe and off the heel. Now, if you tap that just a little bit off, off sense, you'll see that your putter will move. Now, if you take one of our spider putters and you tap it in the middle, it's not going to move the same way your Scotty ain't going to move in the middle. Okay. But if you tap it right across the face, because the way it's, it's made and it's a little bit more back weighted, the face doesn't move. So that's why if you get it a little bit off center, toe or heel, the spiders ain't going to move as much, which is going to give more deflection, which is going to obviously stop you missing um, as, ma- as many putts. That's why we've seen such such a transition into, into mallet-based putters, not only for us, um, but, but, you know, but all manufacturers, you know, even Tiger, you know, he, he come close to winning um, the Open at Carnoustie, what, 20, 2018? 2018, 2019, 2019, I think it was. Um, and and he was struggling with his with his putter in the prior tournaments, and we got him in into a into a mallet style putter in, in one of ours. I mean, you couldn't. Get, we didn't actually make that individual putter, but you can imagine the internet and social media went absolutely mad. How'd you get that putter? Because yeah. even he's seen the benefits of moving into something that has a little bit more MOI, a little bit more forgiveness and impact. Um, obviously, he's gone back to his 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 traditional Scotty now. But you know, all level of golfers can see the level of performance you gain by a more forgiving putter. Yeah, but it uh, reminds me of the whole the old um, people use blades because you want more workability. But really, you just it seems to me that you're making the game hard for yourself by having less of a miss. Yeah, I, it 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 is very similar to um, 
you know, everybody loves that look of, you know, mark your putter, you've probably got that in because, it you know, it looks great. It's a great putter. It looks yeah. classic, you it's know, yeah. the same the same as a blade. You know, a blade is a classic looking. I know our blades that we have, we've got a new P7MB, which looks incredible. We've got the Tiger Iron, the P7TW. It looks incredible. Give me a three iron on a Saturday comp at eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning to hit off the first at Wallasey. I'm not going to feel that comfortable or that sexy looking down at it. Yeah, if yeah. it's 10 degrees and I'm going to knife it. So, you know, again, <laughs> the best players in the world, they're not bothered. Rory, give him a three iron out of a set. He's going to flush it the same way he's going to flush a nine iron. Yeah. If you were going to, well, I'm going to go and get fitted for irons. I've got like forged, um, like muscle back m- Mizuno's. Um, yeah. MP63s. MP63s. When I've just been having a feel of of um, the cab, not having so much cavity wax, but a forge with like a little bit of a hollow in, it, the feel just feels yeah. so much better. And, and you've got more of a miss. You've got like your center. What, what are the, the center of gravities like compared to blades on these newer irons? Well, uh, when you've got, say, a blade, it's a one piece, you know, what it is, it's a one piece blade. So when you absolutely middle it, feels flush you know feels great when you get it out the toe performance obviously drops the ball speeds down and you're gonna realistically gonna finish finish short of the green obviously when you move into something like we launched a p770 which is a forward hollow construction when you get out the middle feels great you know it does feel different to a blade you know you know i'm not gonna tell you it feels exactly like a blade it doesn't a blade is very much a blade but it certainly feels much better than what a cast cavity has been like over the years. Yeah. You know, we've been able to produce a, a golf club, which is is going to, you know, feel great because it's forged. But if you catch it out the middle or you catch it out the toe, you're going to catch at the heel. It's going to preserve ball speed. It's going to preserve, you know, where you're going to finish on the green and still hopefully get you on the green to give you a puff for a birdie. You know, that's what we've tried to do. We, you know, we've done it with, with, with P790, and when we launched that in 2017, it was a bit of a soft launch, to be honest. It was a bit of, we didn't kind of, you know, what, what we do as a brand, we tell the story, I believe, better than anybody else. The way we go to market with products is, is exceptional. But that, that product in particular, it was a bit of a soft launch. We didn't go and shout from, from, the, from the treetops about it. Um, and we got it into market and we got it in the, in the, in, in the field, in the fit and base. And we're like, my God, these look incredible. They perform incredible. And the we're seeing golfers off a scratch handicapper and we're getting somebody at 18. You know, they were originally thought that we were going to target that maybe seven to 12 handicapper. And then it just went absolutely berserk. They've sold out within like two months. Couldn't get him for two, three months because we couldn't buy them quick enough. We've kind of done that again with the 770s, which is a slightly smaller um, version of the 790, still forged, still very much a player's. But if you look at that, I don't know whether you boys have seen them, if you look at it from behind, it looks like yeah. a blade, looks absolutely incredible in the bag, but it's going to give you the performance on off-centre hits as like, like, a, like a cast cavity would. Mm. Um, so that would be, you know, and the way we do now, the way we can blend the sets, I've just ordered my set for the year. Um, I've ordered some of the long and the mid irons in the 770s, but put the MCs in. So a forged cavity, a one-piece construction, but just that little bit more help versus, versus an MB. 
Everyone loves a blade. It's just whether you can. Other side, I'll, I'll, make, I'll just tell you that you don't hit it from the middle, so just stop using blades in your three iron because you just can't. Well, hit I, it. I made that. I made that major ego mistake. I had the night. Remember the night pro combos where you've got the. I had the pro combos. The pro combos, yeah. yeah. So I was getting yeah. really good with the lower iron. I think it started from an eight. The blade was eight nine pitch, wasn't it? So I was hitting them. I think, Do you know what? I fancy myself with a with a set of irons, and I went and bought. Remember the Cleveland CG ones? I don't know if you remember them? Yeah. Just a full-on blade. Worst mistake of my life. My golf just went yeah. right down <laughs> from that moment on. Straight back to the cavities. I'll never touch a blade yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, the, to be fair, the, the pro combos were um, they, they were a great iron because of, yeah. of what it did. It, 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 it targeted the golfer that's got an affinity to the player's iron. That you know, it is easy. You know, we we'd all. Three of us would much prefer to have an eight iron into a green every time than mixing in with a four and a five iron. That's just the yeah. nature of the beast. So our miss hits are going to be better with an eight iron versus a five iron because it's got more loft. You know, it's a shorter iron, shorter distance. So they've done really well in that. And we've definitely seen a trend of, of that since we've launched the 790 because the players that were in your blades or your, your one piece forged they were wanting that help in the longer irons yeah. because they were seeing their performance like ball speed off that. And, you know, how much easier is that to hit? So mm. we've seen a trend with that. And what we, we, we launched, again, put my memory to pace now, we, we launched the original 790s in 2017 with a set of P730 blades. So what we were seeing is, is a golfer wanted to combo that with a, 790 and the 730 but it's really difficult to do because the starting points on the lofts were different and ultimately they're going to perform different so to really blend the set for a golfer really you needed two seven irons yeah. you needed a seven iron and a 790 and the seven nine in the in the blade to be able to flow the set better nice. um but what we've done you know what we what we can do with with, with what we've got now in, in the P range, we can pretty much do any combo and there's a flow and we have a we have a chart to be able to, to do that. Um Amazing. you know, some of the, the orders I've seen from 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 our team now, uh lad uh work with Garth and Alan he's I think he's ordered seven seventies in his three, four, five, six and seven in his yeah, long runs in seven seventies, six and seven in the MCs and in the blades. He's gone eight nine pitch. So trying to replicate that kind of night combo. combo is what you've done, and then we'll change the lofts accordingly to make sure you're in the right launch parameters, the right spin parameters, to making sure that you're going to get the right the right yardage for your shot. Because you don't want a seven iron going one seventy and an eight iron going one forty six. No, you know, so there's got to be the right right way to stagger it. I think uh, Matt Wilson. I think from memory, I think we went combo with us. I think as well. Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about you know when you see loads of players are bringing in like I've been hearing shouts of like nine woods and like seven woods a lot on the telly lately. Are you finding a bit of that, or is that horses for courses again? Yeah, no. DJ put seven wood in. I think. Um, is it actually a seven? Like a, yeah, D, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just trying to hit a they're trying to hit a number. Yeah, and that's what I would say is, you know, to to, to amateur golfers out there, own your own bag. Yeah. You know, you, it doesn't have to be driver, three wood, five wood, four irons, a pitching wedge and a 56 and a 60. You yeah. know, play around with it. You know, work work on your own course. You know, your two golf courses are totally different. You'll have, you know, Formby Hall's got loads of water. SNA's a Lynx course. 
totally different dynamic. So if, Mark, if you were a member at, at Formby and Kev, if you were a member at SNA, you would have two different golf bags if you played at them different courses because you're going to have different levels of shot. And that's what I always say, you know, build your own golf bag. So I'll, I'll get golfers coming to see me and go, yeah, I got fitted for a driver with you earlier on the year, loved it. Can I have a look at the three wood? Like, yeah, let's have a look, you know, get them in a three wood, great performance, get the right shaft, right head combo and whatnot. And I'll say, what, why do you want why do you want a three wood or where, where do you play? And let's say a play, let's say play a form before. All right, tell me, tell me where do you use your three wood then? Oh, well, I use it on this hole um, if I'm not driving that well. All right, okay. So a bit of a backup. Okay. All right. How many how many times do you go into a par five with it? I don't really because you know if I get my driver going well, the three wood's going to go too far. Okay. Well, what do you do then if you haven't got the three wood? Well, I'll go with me three iron. I do have to kind of chase it there. Okay. So why are we putting a three wood in your bag for one shot that you might not feel comfortable in a driver? It's absolutely no point. Yeah. So it goes back to that, how we've changed from buying a three irons of sandwich off the rack in the shop. It's changed, build your own bag, you know, get into, you know, telling people, let's let's scrap the three wood. If that's the right thing to do, look at a five wood. Let's have a look at the track man, right? You're carrying that 237, 240, 235. Do you get that shot? Are you going into that par five? Well, yeah, that's that, that's why I don't need three wood because three wood's going 250, 255. Take the three wood out because it's not, it's not relative to you. Now, you make that relative to a tall player. Rory will have a driver, a three wood, a five wood, a seven wood, a four hybrid, a three hybrid, you know, and he will, depending on where he's playing, change that. If you look at images of his of yeah. his bag, I think Trotty had imaged, he's just had a, a shaft change. It looks like he's going to put some um, X7s in playing his irons this week, which I think is the first time he's ever changed his, his shafts and his irons since he's been on the tour. Um, but the, the, they'll be building 15, 16 clubs for, for, for his bag because where he's going to play is going to throw maybe a different wedge in or he's going to throw a seven wood in instead of a three iron because he's maybe playing at altitude and he needs a different descent angle. You know, amateur golfers generally, unless you're an elite amateur, amateurs play the same golf course every Saturday and they play with the mates through the week. Build your bag to your course. That's that's a massive bit bit of advice I would give to yeah, to, to any listener. Yeah, should take that advice myself. I think <laughs> I need to change swift change of clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one one question I did want to ask Dan obviously yeah. before we wrap up and things. Um, if I remember rightly, in the Saudi, um, DJ was using the sim. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously Kepka was using the sim too. Both were the same sim same team. week. Same week, yeah. So, the, what was the reason for DJ using the sim at that? Because I've just seen that Taylor made have done a little promo where he's using the sim too, I believe, on the tenth at Riviera, and they've just done a driving challenge with Marikawa and Wolf. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Has that just come out? Has that's it? just be. That's just come on Instagram. Literally, just before we, just before we, we come on the come on the podcast. So, it'd just be interesting just to understand that if it's only two weeks ago, Saudi. So, as he yeah, changed. yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great question, and and I'll give you the two different answers because it's the, the two different situations. So, Kek is obviously not a tailor-made staff player. He's a, he's a non-contract player. He has been using on off mostly he has been using it is the uh, the m5 driver and he had a little i think he had a little um 
play towards the back end of last year, I think, with the with another manufacturer thing. But then he's put the, the M5 driver back in play. And I didn't know this, but somebody told me about it and, and showed me the clip. I can't remember what tournament it was. He was playing with Rory a few, few weeks ago. And Rory, it was the first week Rory was out with the Sim 2. So, do you know what? I think it might have been Tory Pines. I think that's where it was. I think it was Tory Pines. And and Rory's absolutely bombing this driver, like 340, 345. He's, you know, he's got it on a string. Now, apparently when they got on the shot tracer, I mean, you know, Brooks is, you know, he's a heavy hitter, isn't he? He's, yeah. You know, he's an athlete. And there was a couple, he was like 20 behind Rory. You know, Rory is, is pound for pound the longest. You look at his height and his, his build compared to some of the other players. He, he's so long because he's, you know, he's optimum for, as a driver of the golf ball. And apparently there's, a, there's, a, there's an image of Brooks looking at his driver because he's not sure whether the face is cracked because Rory's that, that far past it. Now <laughs> yeah. that... That is obviously come from, you know, such a jump and performance versus Rory being so much further. He's obviously thought, right, I need to have a, I need to have a look what, what this is all about. He's obviously very close with with um, with DJ. I think he has a great relationship. And, you know, and DJ will obviously fly the flag for, for TaylorMade and speak very highly of the product. So um, we, the, the team in the US obviously spent time with, with Brooks got that in play, got that dialed in and, and he's obviously won with that, which is, which is brilliant. You know, we don't, we can't, um, you know, we can't use any imagery of him winning with, with that because he, you know, he's a, he's a non-contract player. You know, we can, we can say congratulations to the winner of um, a Phoenix open, you know, he's using, using our product. And then the DJ one is, is, um, you know, he is our, staff player he's the number one player in the world and he's you know i think he's it's probably fair to say he's by far the number one best player in the world oh, yeah you know, he's 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 flying um yeah he's flying out there on his own when, when he's playing well so he's number one player of the world he's just come off the back of uh, a masters win he's driving the ball the best he's ever driven it and now we're telling, right, DJ, I know you're the best player in the world. You're hitting your driver as good as you've ever do, but we, we want to take that one off <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and that's a, that's a different level of a, a tour fitter's job. You know, they're going to be, um, they're going to be tasked with getting that new driver in play for him. So as I understand, um, you know, he's he flown from, he's flown from the US to Saudi, um, he's worn with that sim, you know. It's not really, it's not really the time to maybe spend as much time with DJ out there because we haven't got the truck there. You know, the team maybe wouldn't be as big on the ground. Yeah. Taylor made point of view is what it's going to be at Riviera this week. You know, where it's in California, it's it's in the same coast as where we're based. So, yeah. um, so as I understand, we were due to spend some time with DJ at uh, Pebble Beach. Last yeah. week, I think he was due to play and, and, and you know, a good fitting session to, to make sure we dial in and, and get him into the product. But coming on the back of winning in Saudi and flying, I think he was that far east. He probably could have gone the other way to come back around to, to California. He yeah. could have gone either way on his flight. So he's probably got about a 16 hour flight back to back to um, back to the west coast of, of the US. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, he's probably shattered. So we pulled out of the tournament, didn't he, last, yeah. last week in, in Pebble. Um, and I thought... It it, more than the flight to blame for that, like if he's on the old pop. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
And I think I think we had some time booked in. I didn't realise he was playing this week at Riviera until until um to be honest, until I looked at the sky bet yesterday to see who was playing. Yeah, and yeah. I'd seen his name down. Yeah, he's up there. So, so yeah, I would imagine that the 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 tour team for the US will what day is it today? It's Wednesday, so they would have spent some time with him probably yesterday, trying to get him into into the new product. Um you know, and it's you know it's got to be better. They, they'll get him into it. You know, it, we've just got to show in the backup of the numbers of why he needs to move into it. And what he'll see is he'll see, you know, a, bit, a little bit more forgiveness versus sim product. He's going to see a little bit more stabilization on the ball speed on on off center hit. Granted, he doesn't miss the middle of the bat very often. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and if we can gain a little bit more speed out of him and, and make him hit one more fairway over a four-round tournament, that's going to be worth more world ranking points. That's going to be worth more money to him. That could be the difference of him winning the Masters in, I think it's 50 days I've seen today on, on yeah, social media. Not too far away. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, we, we, you know, the tour team we have in, in the US, um, you know, are exceptional. You know, we, we, we'll get him into the driver. It's just going to take a little bit more time because he's, He's playing so well. As I say, he might tee it up tomorrow at Riviera and, and he's got that in play. As I say, I didn't know. I didn't see that, any of the um, the images with him uh, with him testing with, with Morikawa. Yeah, I think he's, I think out of our, you know, our staff players, I think he's the only one um, who we hadn't transitioned into yet. But I think, you know, I think he'd, um, I think from memory, I think he played with it in, in at Tory. I think he played with it in Tory, but he's gone to he's gone to um, to Saudi and and just put the, the sim back in play. I think for a little, you know, probably hasn't done much testing that week, flying from one continent to another, yeah, and stuck, you know, what he's won won the Masters with. So we, we'll definitely get 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 him in. So it's just going to take it a little bit more time. A bit risky, isn't it? Like if you start pushing it, pushing it, then he goes and donkeys it around. He comes blames you. Well, that, that's that's the thing. Sometimes you don't, you know you're not going to call him or go to him on, on if he, if he's not, if, if he says this week, if he rocks up on a Wednesday or a Tuesday and says to the team, listen guys, I ain't changing this week. They're not going to stand there and, and, and try and push him, on, yeah. push him to get him in. Cause you know, but that, that's not the relationship, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're a team or a partnership. They are an extension of Taylor made that, you know, one of our staff ambassadors, you know, he will know, we want him in the in the new driver, yeah. and he'll want to be he'll want to be in the new driver. He just wants to get as much testing um, in it. You know, as I say, he might be in it this week, and he might go and win. He might go and win win the tournament. You know, Brooks has put it in for one week and go and won. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that stacks up. Definitely, yeah. Well, he's moved up a couple of grades, hasn't he? Because if he's using the M five and then goes straight to yeah. the, the sim two. He's going to see them improvements, isn't he? No, it's brilliant yeah. to see as well. It's crazy the way they both won. What I was just saying, I was saying, we were saying on the show, we kept that one had the sim one and then the other had the sim two, and they both home win. <laughs> Perfect yeah. market. And even though you, yeah. can, you can't really use them, yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he's just out there. I think that you know, you know, golf's in a great spot, isn't it? You know, if you look at, yeah. you know, even you know, even if I don't look at it as a tailor made point of view. You know, Shambo, what what he's doing, you know, he, he puts bums on seats. People, you know, when you look at that Masters, it's like the Brighton show in the build-up to that week because everybody, you know, he talked himself up 
well, yeah, you know, what I do. I'm going to drive, it, yeah. gonna so, drive yeah. it over, over these trees and I'm going to put it in other yeah. fairways. I'm going to, what was he saying? Yeah. It's a 67, yeah. It's a par 67 for me. And then he goes and does what we do and it's three <laughs> off the tee. He's yeah. lost his ball. On the you second, know, on the second, all on the second, hooked, yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable TV. You know, oh, yeah. I, you know, I, you know, golfing, you know, is in is in is in a great spot. You know, yeah, and, we love and it. You, we yeah, love it. You, we want to see, we want to see, DJ, Rory, Jason Day. You know, all the the top players being being at the top. You know, Tiger being the absolute needle mover. Everybody from a certain age, everybody's hero, everybody's yeah. icon is. What am I? You know. He's, you know, he's he's the goat, isn't he? He's he is definitely the class. class. Yeah. Oh, that is unbelievable. Any more, Mark? No, no, that's that unbelievable. I mean, we've took enough oh, of your time nice. there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, thanks, I mean, I, listen, I could talk about golf. No, but all, you can all, all, just, all night. You could. That's why we got you on to just pick your brains and get some knowledge and get give the listeners some knowledge as what like and think that they might not understand or know about like especially i didn't know about the tour heads being the same now that's that's brilliant knowledge yeah even even for us even for us mate we've i've learned all about kev but i've learned so much there just off listening to you very knowledgeable man daniel and obviously we thank you so much for coming on and sharing sharing your knowledge with i was i was gonna say where are you going for your fit and for your irons to you (laughs) there you go (laughs) just give me whatever tiger's got the time you see you're going back to the blades conversation now <laughs> yeah i've always been mizuno me but I'm, I'm just gonna do it with a try and fit and get the numbers proper done instead of just buying something i'm gonna do it properly yeah we will we'll you'll, come and see you you'll sit, you'll sit yeah whatever whatever brand or manufacturer you go to you know you'll see the difference and you know when you get dialed in you know you obviously you're both good players so you're gonna see the, the difference from a tailor-made standpoint i will be at sna this year i will be at uh, I was booked in it all, but I missed it. Something happened and I missed it. It was, it was in Oh, were you, was you the reason why? I was th- oh, that's right. I had to stay behind. You didn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> I was on in the morning. <laughs> I, I, talk, I talk about ball strikers and, and, and blade users. Jim Payne strikes a golf ball at wow. SNA. Yeah, I remember, going to, I remember going to see Jim in um, open qualifying round Formby and he had three iron, three iron into one of the par fours, wind into your face to about a foot. He is a player. What a player. Yeah. He, he only changed his irons oh year before last. Uh, he had a set of Max Fly blades. Yeah. And, and you talk about grooves going, like you could nearly see the you could nearly see the Max Fly through the front of the face. He wore <laughs> it that it that much. And we got him into a set of tailor-made P730 blades. But he just wants a little bit more fit. He's got some graphite in his blades. See, there's a combo of some, you know, custom fit, a set of blades with a strong recoil graphite shaft. Yeah. Ex-tour player, ex-European tour winner, but loves a blade, loves to feel, wants to hit a number. Jim's a, the perfect example of a custom fit. We're working on Jim, trying to get him on the show to tell everyone his story, but... <laughs> what did he say? You don't want, you don't no one wants to hear me. No one wants to hear an old man, he was saying. Say <laughs> what, G- uh, G- Jim is... Um, He's very, he's very funny. Yeah, he's. Um, I've seen him come out with some one-liners with some visitors while I've been in that pro shop, and it's just completely gone over their heads. Like they just didn't get it at all, and I'm just in the corner giggling. Yeah, yeah. he's. Um, yeah, it's one-liners. It's one one-liners are the best. I've been, I've been at SNA since I was 14, and yeah, I've, I've obviously got to know Jim very well over the last 15 years. Yeah, what a man. He come in. I went. I went to SNA and um, I bought one of them flapjack bars. 
And it was out of date. I was like, Jim, Jim, these are out of date. But he went to pound, please. And I went, well, Jim, they're out of date. He went, all right, 120 then. (laughs) 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 Oh, legends. It used to, do you know, it used to be, uh, it it used to be uh, our um, MD for Europe, Taylor Major Europe. He uh, he used to be his playing partner with, with Jim when they were younger for the county. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a small world. So he's got kind of a connection with our, with yeah. our big boss. Yeah, he's won, I'm sure he's won a silver medal, hasn't he, in the Open, Jim? Pretty sure. Oh, he's, he's, won, a... he's won loads. Yeah, it's a two-time yeah. European tour win. I think it was the Portugal Italian and the Italian Mars, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got his um, he's got his tour card for the seniors tour. Has he? Because if you win, if you win. If you win as a European Tour member on the full European Tour, when you're 50, you get a year's free pass on the Seniors Tour. Oh, we need to get him on the show and ignite that flame, don't we? <laughs> yeah. See him in all the media. Need to push him, yeah. <laughs> hey Dan, did you, you say you got me to Paul Waring there. We'd love to have an yeah. chat with him if, you'd, um, if you can arrange that. Or do yeah. Give him the nudge, do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah he'll do that, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, I'll sort that out, yeah. Yeah, let me know. Another thing yeah. we ask every guest as well is um, coming to play in our Bogey Boys Golf Day that we're having next year, uh, this year. Sorry, we're going to arrange something. So, love to get you down there and have a little knock. Yeah, around. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll bring some tailor-made golf balls. Yeah, yeah. Don't be bringing your whole setup trying to sell everyone tailor-made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll... Um, you can give a nudge yeah, to I'll, I'll mention to Bolly, won't. Or anyone yeah, else um, that yeah, might want to come on. Give them a shout, and we'll uh, we love to just yeah. chat, just get some knowledge, and give the listeners something. Yeah, to he's got he's got on the uh, the old the podcast. He does the three of us grew up together. It's me, Paul, Joe, Alex Evans. He yeah, does a he little bit on on YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, so he's um, obviously does a lot. I think Paul quietly likes doing the whole uh, podcast, and the, he's so uh, cool. I funny off I, I rang. I rang Alex today. I said, yeah, I said, I'm doing a, a podcast with um, Boogie Boys lads tonight. I said, because you still haven't asked me to come on one, one of yours. So I was giving him, uh, giving him some <laughs> stick. And he's like, we've done a video. We've done, because we've done, we done a couple of on-course videos at Wallasey. He said, well, we've we done that. He's like, yeah, yeah, you've been, you've been binned now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, Paul, Paul, will, um, Paul, Paul will come on. No problem. Yeah, I'll speak to him. Perfect, Tom. Legend, mate. Thanks a lot for your time, mate. And as I say, we have to get a knock as soon as the courses are open. Yeah, we'll come over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We'll do um, yeah, round on 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 each. You know, we'll come to Wall. You know, come to Wallasey, Formby Hall, and and SNA. Definitely. There's been say obviously said before the um the changes that they've done at Wallasey so far look look incredible. So the last time you've you've played it, the next time will be totally different. Brilliant, look forward to it. Definitely look forward to it, yeah. I love Stableford as well, as <laughs> we'll yeah. have to play. It's good <laughs> for me. It's good for me, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right then, mate. Yeah, well, look, thanks again, Daniel, as I say. Um, appreciate you taking the time to come and speak to us, and I say we'll catch you up very soon. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thanks, Rose. Take care. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Bye, bye. A little bit of a breeze right here, so... Oh, we talked about cold-topped it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he on the sink. <laughs>